Hello everyone and uh, happy Mother's Day. Happy fifth day of Easter. Also, this is the ninth Sunday since we've been unable to gather and I've been doing things like this, uh, video and mega zooms. And uh, here we are. And yes, for those of you who are watching this video, I am in my van. Um, so, you know, I'm aware of that. And uh, this place for me is a place of great highs and great lows. Um, I've had so many great experiences in this place and so many horrible ones as well. Um, meltdowns and chaotic drives and not meltdowns just from the kids. And uh, I've done road trips to California and family in the States. And uh, it is also a place where I'm deeply confronted by my perpetual struggle to be in the moment and to enjoy the moment. I'm very detail-oriented, so when I get in this van, I often like to know exactly where we're going and we'll be thinking of the best route to get there, the fastest one, and I'll be reevaluating my decision, uh, constantly looking which is the best lane to be in, all of these things, and uh, it drives Aubin nuts. Um, even in COVID, I find myself uh, struggling with the, you know, not knowing a timeline. I'm so grateful for our government and for the announcements that were made and the phases as they roll out, but still there's a lot of ambiguity. And uh, I, I, to be honest, have a lot of uh, struggles with that and not knowing the destination or the timeline. I remember, I think it was the second week that we were in our gathering ban and uh, Peter Mogan read this poem uh, called Pandemic by Lynn Ungar. And the first two lines just confront this idea and the struggle of mine to be in the moment. She says, what if you thought of it as the Jews consider the Sabbath, the most sacred of times? And again, it's hard to enter that, uh, this space and this time and COVID and the shutdown, uh, thinking of it as an opportunity and not just something to get through. Uh, but I'm learning more and more from people like Leon Angar, from my wife, from uh, Nelson Boschman, uh, to not just see this as something to get through, but that it's about, uh, it's not just about the destination and the journey, it's about it's about the the journey and the road. I think I said that wrong. It's not just about the destination, it's about the road and the journey. But with that, let's go to scripture. So I stopped using my own words. Um, we're gonna go to John 14, and it's uh, verse one to seven. This is one of the lectionary texts for this week, and we've been just going through the lectionary readings um, part of it is just kind of entering into the greater narrative of what's happening globally and the church calendar. And part of it is that we don't have to choose a sermon series. We don't have to pick scriptures to focus on, but they're laid out for us. And I'm always amazed at how the Spirit speaks fresh and good news through these texts. And hopefully we'll hear some of that today. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to read John 14. God, thank you for this time. And however uh, we find ourselves right now, wherever we find ourselves in a kitchen or a living room, in a car ride listening to the audio of this 
message, God. I pray that you would be with and near us. Encounter us, God, through your text. Speak to us. Be gracious and kind to us today. And a special blessing for all the moms out there. Amen. John 14 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is the word of the Lord. This passage is probably familiar to you. Um, there's been uh, questions. You may have even been confused by it, and I think that's completely normal. It's confounded theologians and authors and preachers for centuries. And uh, things like, I am the way, the truth, the life, or no one comes to the Father except by me. Uh, these are big phrases that require some unpacking. And I think the first line of this text is just a great place to enter, and we get a sense of the character and the posture of Jesus. And the first line, it's worth writing down, do not let your hearts be troubled. There's so much in our world right now uh, that would give us cause for a troubled heart. Um, you don't have to look far either. The news, the politics, um, interactions on social media, current stats, on COVID cases and deaths around the world, um, the shooting of, shooting of Ahmad Arbery. And the word that's used for troubled here is this word, terrasso. It's a Greek word which means to agitate or trouble or to cause inward commotion or to stir up, terrasso. Take this example. Um, this is a jar, it's kind of a fake terrarium uh, that one of my children made for me, just whipped up today. But you can see there's some nice branches in there, some rocks and a little figurine enjoying life in the, in the jar. Well, terrasso is like this. was uh, jarring but um, that's kind of the idea is that there's this inward commotion that strikes one's spirit with fear and dread and renders us anxious or distressed everything on the inside mixed up I think we've all experienced Tarasso Jesus experienced Tarasso in fact the three chapters leading up to this one that we're reading in uh, John 14 um, we hear Jesus use this same word to describe his emotional state. Um, he confronts, uh, he comes to his friends who are just mourning the loss of their good friend Lazarus. 
Uh, it says in chapter 11, verse 33 of John, when Jesus saw Mary weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and trassled um, with Jesus' knowledge of the cross ahead in John 12. He says to the disciples, now my soul is to wrestle. At the Last Supper, it says in John 13, Jesus was to wrestled in spirit and testified, very truly I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. So Jesus is saying in this passage to his disciples, to us, I believe, do not let your hearts be troubled. And he's not saying this as someone who is ultra positive or the eternal optimist, but as someone who has experienced the distress and anxiety of a troubled heart. Another quote for you, Cynthia Jarvis, who I've just been loving this week. Uh, she says, the heart that is troubled is a heart not hung upon God, but hung rather on all the things the world peddles to soothe a troubled heart. Jesus tells the disciples in their time of deep uncertainty, hang your hearts on God, hang your hearts on me. And I want to ask you a question this morning or whenever you're listening to this. What are you hanging your heart on these days? Is it uh, entertainment or social media, food? Maybe you're hanging your heart on Dr. Henry and her announcements. Maybe you're hanging your heart on looking forward to a time when COVID is over or hanging your heart on your partner, your child, a friend. I resonate a lot with Thomas. He's the one character that's mentioned in this story along with Jesus and the disciples that uh, he's mentioned by name. And uh, Jesus is talking kind of in code, talking about going away somewhere, preparing rooms. Um, there's going to be enough for all of you, and I'm coming back to get you. And Thomas, in this moment, where I, uh, I totally resonate with, he, I think, builds up the courage to ask what everyone else is probably already thinking. And in verse 5, Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Almost like I have no clue what you're talking about, Jesus. You're always talking in riddles and stories. Just tell us what is the exact destination. Then we can make our uh, necessary preparations to get there. And uh, Jesus answers a bit like, Thomas, get in the van. Do you trust me? Let's go. And his answer is in verse 6. And it's this famous verse that we all know. If we've grown up with the Bible and in church, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And uh, this phrase has been used, unfortunately, and to quote Cynthia Jarvis as uh, used by religion as a gauntlet thrown down before those who do not believe God was in Christ. And to be honest, this, this phrase makes me a bit uncomfortable and I'm intimidated by it, yet have found 
deep, deep joy in practicing and following the way of Jesus. Again, Cynthia Jarvis's words. Instead of hearing the exclusivity of the Christian claim in John 14, consider the pains Jesus takes to assure us that we come to God by God's initiative in Christ. We are not the actors here. Love that. And then this famous I am statement. And there's seven I am statements in the book of John. This is the sixth one. Uh, Jesus says things like, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world, the door of the sheep, the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. And this one, I am the way, the truth and the life. And the final one, I am the true vine. And this statement, I am the way, the truth, the life, many have parsed it out and seen it as three separate categories. But there's also, and I'm intrigued by this idea that uh, theologians have brought forward, is that the way is the key phrase and truth and life are the supportive statements. So you could translate it this way, I am the way of truth and life, or I am the true and living way. So the emphasis is on the way. I like how Eugene Peterson translates it in the message. He says uh, that Jesus said, I am the road, also the truth, also the life. And the emphasis here is on way, not as a destination only, but as a way of life. It's a way upward of prayer, devotion, and encounter with a living God who's with us and for us. It's a way inward of understanding our true selves and our unique calling in God. It's the way outward of joining God in his mission uh, to renew all things. It's a way withward that we do this not alone, but with others in community. It's a way of kindness. It's a way of joy. It's a way of healing and love and service. And it's a way of sacrifice. The way of Jesus is the way of the cross. And when Jesus was speaking these words to Thomas and the disciples, he was preparing himself and his disciples for what lay ahead. And that was his death and his resurrection. In Matthew's gospel, another conversation is recorded between Jesus and his followers. This time he says he needs to suffer and Peter stands up and is like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let that happen. Kind of puts his foot down. And Jesus rebukes Peter, saying, "I this is something I need to do. I need to go. And Jesus says this after that interchange in Matthew 16, verse 24. Whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. And this idea of taking up our cross is so powerful. This, this tension of 
hanging on to things in life and losing it. And he's saying, if you want to save your life, then you'll let go, essentially. Or maybe in other words, it's, it's this question again. What are your hearts hanging on? Are they hanging on the things that are temporal, the things that are now, the things that are carnal or fleshly? Or are we hanging on Christ? Are we hanging on who he is? And uh, one more quote from Cynthia Jarvis here to end our time. What would free the human heart from being troubled? The world has a multitude of answers. Jesus has only one. Believe in God, believe also in me. John speaks of believing almost ex exclusively, not as something to which one assents inwardly, but as an outward and active commitment to a person, the person being Jesus. The encouragement for us, I think, this morning is that the road with Jesus is clear and true and alive, and not just for a future destination, but for 